Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unish FM 93.5, the heart of the city here in Birmingham. Welcome all our listeners here in Birmingham and the West Midlands and also to our Luton listeners who are down in Luton tuning in on Inspire FM 105.1. Welcome to you also. Hope inshallah you're having a good day and a good week and doing lots of fun activities with your children even though they're back at school and the days are shorter and we don't have as much daylight hours. Still no excuse. We should be doing lots of fun activities and building our relationships up with our children in, in every little bit of the way we can, whether that means picking them up and doing a waltz around the kitchen or a, a jig around the kitchen or at breakfast time or dinner time, just to get to know them and build that relationship with them and building their memories. This is what they're going to remember of their childhood, some positive things that happened. And we should be thinking of every day, what are we doing positive? Because we never know when we may not be around and we not, may not be able to do this. So, you know, please don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. That's the message we want to get out there and the message to parents to enjoy your families, in, inshallah. Today we have uh, another exciting, I think it's an exciting show because we're going to talk about some of the things and the services and the provisions provided for you parents in schools that you may not know about and that you don't know what's happening in there and you don't know all of these services are 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 going on in schools. We often think our children just go to school and they go and they learn and that's it and they come home and do their homework and they pass exams. But academia is is a part of it, but not the whole part. There's lots of other things that are happening in school and looking at academia and the physical well-being of the child and the emotional well-being of the child is very important to my guests that I have here with me today that are going to speak about that and speak about what they do to help the young people here in Birmingham in schools in Birmingham to um, be the best and the most productive and the most resilient people when they leave school inshallah. So let me introduce them. We first have Anna, who is from BEP, Birmingham Education Partnership. That's, That's right. right. Welcome, Anna. Thank, Thank you. you for coming in. to be with you. Brilliant. And we've got Dawn, who's from Saltley Academy. Welcome, Dawn. Hello, thank you. You're welcome. It's lovely having you here in the studio. So maybe can you just start to tell us a little bit about your background, maybe about BEP first. What is Birmingham Education Partnership? Yep. Parents might not have heard of it before. Yep. Um, so Birmingham Education Partnership is, um, in its broadest sense, is Birmingham's body for undertaking school improvement. So for all schools in the city. So we're commissioned by the local authority to improve, in Ofsted terms really, the work within schools. Um, but that's only one strand of what we do. Um, so Birmingham Education Partnership is a membership body of head teachers in the city. And what heads also believe is really important for young people is not just about academic success, but it's also about the kind of moral, social, civic education that young people receive. So as well as working around with schools around academic attainment and outcomes, actually we want to support schools to give children a more holistic education. So the piece of work that I lead on for Birmingham Education Partnership is around mental health. So trying to help schools become more emotionally aware places, more mentally healthy, so that we're raising more resilient children and young people. 
Brilliant. That's what parents need, isn't it? Need to hear that because sometimes we just get caught up in this academia Mm. and results and GCSE and studying careers and sometimes Mm. too, we were talking about earlier on because we've just come from a meeting about sometimes our community think we need to be either doctors, lawyers, accountants. There's only three or four professions. Mm. But actually there's a, a lot of professions that are out there and if we don't have emotionally healthy young people, how can we have academic achievable young people yes that's right and young people who are emotionally well in themselves Mm. do Mm. better academically and you know it's it's quite it's out there isn't it about the increase that we're seeing in terms of mental and emotional health problems for young people Mm -hmm. and so part of the role that I do with schools and I work with Dawn School to do is around earlier identification earlier intervention for young people so that they can they can get what they need to build their resilience and to address mental health issues closer to where they are mm-hmm. you know because in my my opinion young people's needs are best met within you know their local areas by people that they know really well on mm-hmm. the ground exactly because they're probably they're hardly going to go to a stranger indeed mm, so they're going to right. use their networks that yeah. they, that, you yeah. know brilliant thank you for that and dawn salty academy can you tell us a little bit about salty academy and your role there Yes, so um, when I first started Salt Lake Academy, I was an academic mentor working primarily with year 11s just to raise attainment um, using different sort of uh, things, for example, goal setting, um, ordering their work, well, putting their work in such an order that they were able to attain these goals and just, you know, helping them to increase that, you know, behaviour for learning. So coming to school prepared, even looking at things like have you had breakfast, things that would make them alert, not drain energy from them. So trying to discourage them from having those boost energy drinks before they came to school. And I think that's one thing I would, you know, really encourage parents to do is look at what your children are eating, make sure that the foods that they're having access to um, are things that will, you know, boost that brain power Um, I know it's really hard with young people because they have their own money they have their own time often and they will go and eat things that perhaps we wouldn't want them to have but you know when they're at home the things you you know put in the cupboards just try and think really carefully about what you're making accessible to young people Um, after that I went into a pastoral role just covering uh, for somebody who went on secondment for six months and while I was in that role I had first-hand experience with some of the challenges that young people face, you know, look coming from a pastoral angle rather than from solely an academic angle and seeing how these two areas actually need to be brought together so that the young person, as Anna mentioned, can work, function, you know, in a whole way, as mm-hmm. it were. Then, uh, as, Be- as Anna said, uh, we work with BEP and so my current role as lead resilience for uh, well-being is something that's come about as a result of the work with BEP so I now work across the school with some of our students who are well-being leads and we look at things that we can do to develop that whole person and provide opportunities such as going to the local food bank to pack parcels for vulnerable uh, families looking at year sevens that transition as they well as they come in from year six into year seven quite a pivotal point for some of these triggers for poor mental health and then at the other end of the spectrum the year 11s who are going through that exam season and you know helping them to manage that stress those anxieties as you mentioned expectation perhaps of families about the kind of careers they should be going into mm-hmm. versus maybe what they feel they're really gifted in and have a real passion for mm-hmm. um so for example if it's you know 
maybe their results suggest they're not going to be a doctor but what other things could you do in the medical field mm. which are um, achievable for that mm. particular young person yeah. It is so important, isn't it? I, and I know when we come to exam time, we, we for the A-levels specifically, we have UCAS in, we do mm-hmm. shows around that and to show there's there's other options out there and mm-hmm. how y- young people can go into these different options, but maybe they haven't thought about that or parents haven't or understood that there is other options there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a big role for parents maybe to... Uh, be aware of it or come into the schools if they're having different jobs to to talk to the young people do do parents in your school do that um we have had careers uh, events where parents are invited i think it's it's um you know it's hard for some parents they work and so when these programs are on they can't necessarily access them Mm -hmm. but colleges they do um open evenings and you've got careers advisors in colleges so i always encourage parents to kind of work backwards so if your child is likely to go to university Mm. go on a university open day visit look at the degrees that are available and you'll also find out the qualifications your child needs to apply for those degrees and then obviously those are the subjects they need to be accessing at post 16 either sixth form or in college and I think that really helps to give that guidance to a parent when they're Mm. thinking about where what I don't know if is this the right course for my Mm. child to be on Um, but we do have information we have open day booklets any college can send information out so Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid to approach the school to ask to speak to their careers advisor or, as I say, go to lots of open days. Mm, that's really good advice and to, to start off and to know what's available out there and what subjects you need. And of course, as you mentioned, both mm. of you, you're not just looking at the academia, we're looking at the rounded child. Mm. Because in the end, that's what we all want, isn't it? Schools and parents together, we want a, a child to leave there that is healthy and emotionally, physically healthy and able to achieve in life whatever they do and that they're happy and happy and content with themselves. And it's a huge... I mean, I I think now I look back and I think the pressure on young people around, you know, making decisions that can affect their life course at such a young age. Mm -hmm. So when I was at school, I was... I wanted to be a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. And um, and I started my A-levels and it became very clear early on that although I did biology and chemistry they were at that particular time I wasn't doing so well in them but I was blooming brilliant at RE and I loved it and I had a real passion for it and you know and I, I went to university and did a theology degree which some would say has little bearing on what I do now I would argue that actually the other way because I think it gives you a way of critical thinking and reasoning and things that other degrees don't necessarily mm-hmm. give you but and I did all right in my sciences at the end and I could have gone and been, done, done pharmacy but actually you know, now I'm glad I did what I did. Everything happens for a reason, maybe. Mm. But, but when you think about, you know, the, I remember thinking there's a point at which you nail your colours to the mast and think either I'm going to be a scientist or I'm going to be an artist, mm. and you're being asked to do that at a stage when actually you're only really learning who you are. You know, and we were talking earlier, weren't we, in our meeting about the task of being a teenager in particular. It's, you know, it's it's painful. It's like, am I in? Am I out? Do I want to be the same? Oh, I really want to be the same, but I don't want to be the same. We're all a bit different, but I really want to be the same. Or I'm going to be different, but I'm still going to wear the same clothes as that person because I don't want to be, you know. Yeah. It's a real complex time. Yeah. And and we're asking young people to make big decisions that affect the trajectory that yeah. often I think young people don't realise you can have a career change. Yeah. Exactly. You can change what you want yeah. to do. It's 
you know it, it, and it's wonderful here in the UK and I, I was just telling you before we started wasn't it about my change in yeah, career from nursing yeah. and midwifery to counselling coaching mm. all the psychology that I came into it and then I actually had to do teaching as well because I wanted our trainers to be, have a teaching qualification so I had to go back and, and qualify as a teacher so you can do that in the UK which is the beauty yes. of adult education yes. and going mm. back and you can do that along with raising a family yeah. as well there's night classes yeah. even classes to do that and sometimes our parents don't think of that because maybe they, the system back home or mm. where they come from was very traditional mm. and didn't have this yeah. but it, it's not if a child goes in one direction and decides to change their mind there's lots of opportunities yeah. there for them and when you've got you know young people who are resilient and and able to function mm. you know I I kind of I mean I'm a psychotherapist by profession mm-hmm. now which kind of brings me into this world mm. but um, but actually a lot of a lot of working life is about relationships and if you can build young people who have really great relational skills can get on with people can go with the ebb and flow of life you know can have have resilience Mm -hmm. actually that helps them then to move into Mm -hmm. different different jobs different areas to manage relationships better to manage their life in a much you know more productive way I love that key actually relationships actually it it is the center of Mm. so much isn't it and is there any teaching in school on relationships? I remember doing some work with young people. How do you form relationships? The very <laughs> basics. How do you form friendships? You know, on relationships. How do we, how do they do that? Is there a teaching behind that? Is is something going on nowadays in school? Because this was a few years ago. I did this. Yeah. So you've got the um, yeah PSHE PSHE yeah. <laughs> um, mm. curriculum, which covers about building healthy mm. relationships, and I think that's one thing we're really strong, and we have a lot of programs. So recently, we've just achieved the um, it's called the Rights Respecting School Award, which mm. is based upon the U- United Nations Charter of the oh, Rights of the Child. Congratulations! Thank oh. you. So that's all about embedding children's rights into policies and practice and not only is it about that individual young person's Mm. rights as a child but it's also about respecting the rights of those around them which kind of feeds into the relationship form where you respect the other person their right to an education you know their right to privacy so um, we also look at things like uh, mental uh, violence prevention so mm-hmm. it's called the MVP program. So again, it's kind of not being a bystander and that kind of caring attitude for you, you know your peers mm-hmm. um, and help. staff as well in yes, your school. Yeah. I think that's the other. <laughs> that's the other thing is you know I, what I notice in your mm-hmm. school is you're not afraid to have you know great relationships with the kids and they're yeah. important. And you know I'm I'm fairly sure that some of the reason that young people do well when they're working with you is because of who you are as a person yeah. and what they can access within you that I think schools are more and more kind of switched on to now actually mm-hmm. about the value just of relationships in and of themselves as being a tool with which to do yeah. work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know and when a young person identifies with a particular member of staff and sees them as a really great source of support I think mm-hmm. schools are much more encouraging now about you know, let's let's build on that. Let's yeah. use that as an asset mm. for supporting young people. Which is lovely, isn't it, to have teachers coming in and smiling at young people and asking mm. them, looking in their face and using all those communication skills. Yeah. How are you on uh, as they come into the class and, and give them a high five or, mm. you know, whatever it is that to greet each one individually to feel valued because they are feeling valued as individuals. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. And I think we need to do a lot of 
that to help people feel valued because some of the I suppose a few years ago we were worried about safeguarding and touching and all of this it came in so much that mm. it went I felt it went a bit the other way it was very difficult probably to get the happy medium but we we need teachers are human and pupils are human and just build that relationship together if we have a positive relationship you're, you're definitely going to feel more valued mm. and want to get on with things and want to build on that relationship want yeah. to build on the positives yeah I think um, sort of teachers at our school they're very open mm. yeah. you know to allow the child to talk and I think that's one of the key things when thinking about resilience it's giving that space for the young person to talk and sometimes it's not about having all the answers mm -hmm. it's just allowing them to speak through the issues or the challenges they're facing themselves and in that time often they come to their own conclusions and again it's not about us saying this is how you need to be it's giving them that core um, support so that when they make those decisions they have and you know you'll know about attachment mm -hmm. they have that safe base to return to because you know it's like we're not judging them we want them to do well in life but what does well look like it looks different to every young person and it's that acceptance it's that affirmation and uh, we're a very multicultural mm -hmm. school and you know I think that acceptance permeates on every level across all of our communities mm -hmm. within the school and I think that w that's what makes it a great place to work mm -hmm. um, and obviously you got acknowledged by that by your award which is wonderful um, maybe parents might be interested to hear more about that you know what did you do differently there to get that award mm -hmm. compared to other schools um i think it's not it's primary schools tend to be the ones who um work towards the award mm. um it probably seems that it would work better in a primary school setting because the young person is in one classroom young children as we know you know they're much more um what's the word they're like sponges aren't they they just love they're curious about what's going on around them you know life generally mm -hmm. is very simple for them mm -hmm. and I think when you come to secondary school you know children are moving into different classrooms they've got the you know you've got the curriculum you've got external pressures as well from outside school and you know where got hormones yeah hormones <laughs> and I think what we've done differently is really as we spoke earlier you know academia is really important because it sets a good foundation mm -hmm. to move on into education obviously it opens up a lot of opportunities then to you know be successful you can have a comfortable life things like that but as Anna said on you can't ignore that emotional side and maybe somebody's not academic well what opportunity do they have to feel that they can succeed in life mm. and so as well as um you know, one of my colleagues sort of worked on the curriculum side where we made sure that when you taught a lesson in whatever subject it was, how do you bring those rights into those mm. subjects so they can see um, that it, it, it links into every part mm. of your life, your mm -hmm. rights. And, you know, knowing, I think, for our young people, knowing that they have rights makes them feel important. That actually, mm. I'm not just a child of the bygone era where it was children be seen and not heard mm -hmm. but actually I can be an active citizen so we looked at things like um, it's about making sure not only are your rights met but 
your peers, right, mm-hmm. met? What about the wider community? What about internationally? Um, so, for example, donated drill kits and PE equipment to a school in Ghana. So, you know, maybe they couldn't afford that equipment. We were able to make sure that they enjoyed their right to leisure, play and culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've taken part in the big sleep out with St Basil's. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, Article 27, that every child has a right to an adequate standard of living. And so our children are major players in making that happen through sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And I think it builds up their confidence, their resilience. Mm-hmm. And, and also it, it kind of stops them from looking inwards. Sometimes it's easy to look at the problems I do have, but actually when we look outside of ourselves, you realise that actually I have a pretty good life. Mm. Um, so it kind of puts us into perspective yes, sometimes. Yes. yes. That's yeah. it. It's really good to see others and, and, mm-hmm. and appreciate what you mm. have yeah. uh, in, in the world. So lots of what you were talking about, which is, is lovely with young people understanding and, and seeing that and valuing that and mm-hmm. valuing what they have um, and understanding their rights, which is something we do mention in the parenting programs, actually. We te- teach parents, you know, they know it already. Islamically, there's a lot of rights written in Islam, so they know it already, but we bring it into mm-hmm. that reminding them of this and then we touch on to it yes with that rights you've got responsibility yes. parents yes. <laughs> so what are you doing to mm. enable this mm-hmm. so it's a two-way system yeah, yeah. I mean some other mm. things we do we have um, and they're led by the young people uh, assemblies so mm-hmm. this is something Anna has sent Anna sends information through so we kind of collate that information that's the great thing about working with BEP that mm. you know they've got access to organisations and materials that I wouldn't necessarily think to go to them for that information mm-hmm. um, and then that's fed down to the wellbeing leads who will put on an assembly um, we've had something called understanding our communities assembly so for example we had a, a Somalian assembly mm-hmm. where they spoke about where they came from uh, squash stereotypes and stigmas in that assembly you know this is who we are and again that's building up that self-esteem in the young person so now they feel that they have a place they have a stake at our school mm-hmm. in our school community mm-hmm. um, you know we have dimension days which are uh, they're not lesson there's no lessons on that particular day but a particular year like year eights might learn all about you know well, what is mental health it's not anything scary yeah it's with something we all have and that actually as we talk about it it normalizes it for the young person mm-hmm. and it doesn't make them feel that this is something i shouldn't be feeling but actually they're normal feelings and recognizing that the time where we maybe need to seek other help is when it's not something that happens and it goes and you know in ways but it's something that's there every day it stops them functioning Mm -hmm. and as Anna said you know it shuts down that ability to focus and concentrate in school and do well Wonderful. That's a lovely way of introducing mental health, isn't it, in such a, a natural environment. And we're attached, I often think, you know, our head is attached to our body. Mm. We can't detach it. So why would, do we detach mental health? And why are we afraid to talk about it? If we broke a, f- a hand or an arm, we'd go straight away to have something done with it. Mm. Why not something here? If we're, and we're all going to have different emotions that's part of where we are from the day the time we wake up in the morning till we go to bed we'll go through a wave of smiling and laughing to maybe not feeling so happy when we've had heard some sad news to maybe feeling angry if we heard something else and how do we deal with all of these emotions mm-hmm. brilliant so you have access and to organizations there that uh, help um, with curriculum then curriculum activities yeah so because because bearing education partnership is a is a kind of a representative body the work that 
that I lead, we have a couple of um, a couple of my colleagues directly work in schools. So um, I suppose kind of coaching, mentoring, isn't it, around for staff? So so our process is that we we have a sort of training day with school staff. We get head teachers to buy into the process and. And we talk about, you know, why does resilience matter? Why does emotional health and well-being matter? And why does, why does it matter in your whole school setup? So, why does it matter that the way that your receptionist greets staff in the morning, or the way that when a child is late, why does it matter that the way that's managed is important? Um, and then we go through a kind of an audit with schools around the things that they're doing at the moment. And it's not as from a place of judgment; it's from a let's get a sense of how it is around here and we speak to some of the pupils in the school to get an understanding and then the schools themselves then design you design your own action plan don't you so it's not us going in saying you will do this this and this but it's thinking well where are your priorities because there's some things that you know school a will do absolutely brilliantly and actually school b can really learn from that school so we try and you know put schools into relationship with each other to learn from each other as well which has been fantastic hasn't it and to learn from the really great stuff they're doing because a lot of it for us has been about you know there's there's not a huge amount of money in the pot for schools but actually they have some amazing resources that they do some wonderful stuff with and we can share some of that and learn from it you know and that's not about funding particularly but the other thing that we have built on the on the back of some of that work has been a real community of practice for schools around emotional health and well-being. So Dawn, her kind of equivalents in other schools will come together once a term to share some of the work that they're doing. And on the back of that, then we've kind of started this process, haven't we, where as BEP, we can go out and source resources for schools and bring them back and say have you thought about using this have you thought about using this actually here's something or we know this is a need we're going to do some training around it Mm -hmm. so a couple of weeks ago we did some work with schools around self-harm we've got some suicide awareness training coming up and Mm -hmm. you know schools can enter into that if they want to but they don't have to Mm -hmm. but it's trying to trying to I guess help schools develop more of a psychological mindset you know to understand more around you know how children function what what's going on with some of the behaviors to think differently around that and then think well so what does that mean for the work that we're doing in school how can we help then with that understanding how do we help children access the curriculum better wonderful Um, sounds wonderful all the things that you do and we're going to come back after the commercial break to talk more about that because we want to hear about the sharing knowledge and the psychological mindsets Mm. that you've created in schools sounds really wonderful Uh, talking about these relationships and building relationships it's it's Mm. all put it into practice isn't it for young people to see it in practice not just learning about it but actually see it with themselves with their peers with their teachers with teachers with teachers Mm. in practice and they're learning from that also so listeners if you want to learn some more about what we're doing and what schools are doing do tune into us after this commercial break inshallah assalamu alaikum <laughs> 